Hello, hello, beautiful soul, and welcome back to the Tonga Type podcast again with my dear friend Edge from Turkey over Zoom. <laughs> hello, Edge. Hello, Anne, and everybody. Welcome back on the show. How are you feeling? Um, I'm I'm feeling okay. Uh, I woke up, I think, an hour ago, <laughs> but it's okay, and I, um. I was at the dentist, I think two days ago. Yeah, and my um, chin still hurts, and I can't oh. open my mouth fully, <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> I, I can't, but uh, I can't open my mouth fully. <laughs> but yeah, I'm also kind of tired. I mean, we've said it before, uh, but it's the best time to wake up early. Well, not so early <laughs> at ten. <laughs> For me, it's, for me, it's uh, 11 right now. We yeah. started recording an hour ago, but that's perfect. And for you, it's 1, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> when When is it going to... Um, well, I think that's actually a question that I should ask myself because you are not the ones... Because you're in Turkey right now and you have the... Um, you have a different time zone than I do. I'm recording from Barcelona and um, we are actually the ones who have summer and winter time so we are the losers <laughs> but I'm asking myself when it's gonna come back so we are only one hour apart because it was so much easier to time our uh, calls and everything when we're just one hour apart instead of two because right now it's already like noon for you and for me still morning ish yeah right and we you know lived exactly we experienced the same hardness when we are mm -hmm. talking at night especially yes <laughs> yes because i always try to call it nine and it's pretty early but mm -hmm. then for you it's already like 11 <laughs> um okay so i just saw um sunday march 26th 2023 it's gonna change back so that's pretty soon actually so this month but congratulations to us because there are all the obstacles but we still keep talking and yes <laughs> i'm so proud i'm so so proud <laughs> me too so you have a tea what kind of tea are you drinking yeah it is oh shit i don't know the name but um I have some kind of mixture. Mm -hmm. There is a green tea with pineapple and acai. Oh, mm -hmm. yes. I also brought a tea with me. <laughs> it's okay. it's called spring tea. I don't exactly know what's in there. Um, definitely mint. But mm -hmm. I thought spring tea is pretty fitting for the weather right now. Oh. How is the weather like in Barcelona right now? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but <laughs> it was 26 degrees yesterday. It was oh it was pretty windy. I mean, initially we wanted to go to the beach um, and go swimming and everything. But yeah. we didn't because it was just so windy. And I think if you go to the beach when it's really windy, the sand just slaps in your face. But um, 
Yeah, so we actually yesterday I went to Gratia, it's called. It's like a really beautiful quarter here. It's like the hipster, um, all organic, like, you know, skater uh, quarter. <laughs> so like... we walked through it yesterday and we got ice cream, me and my boyfriend. And yeah, we sat down at a plaza and we're enjoying the sun it was so warm and it was the first time I was wearing a skirt this year which is amazing and for for all my German friends listening they're right now sitting in the snow which is so crazy it's snowing in Germany imagine (laughs) yeah I think I'm not sure if he's from Germany or if he's in Germany right now, but a friend of mine whom I met in Germany sent me pictures yesterday mm-hmm. that he was covered in snow, like his mm-hmm. mom was full of snow and everything. Mm-hmm. I guess, talking. yeah, then he's probably in Ger- Ger- Germany right now. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy because the weather is so weird, like it's March. Sometimes it's like 20 degrees in March in Germany. And then other times it's like snowing. It's wild. I don't know why. It's also similar in Turkey as well. Um, Generally in March, the weather is quite unpredictable. Mm -hmm. So you won't have a saying for that. Mm -hmm. You have it for March, the saying? Yeah. How does it go? Tell me in, um, in Turkish. Uh, Mart kapıdan baktırır, kazma kürek yaktırır. Ah. <laughs> look behind the door when it's March and you have to burn your diggers and everything. It's it's so stupid. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you shouldn't trust the weather in March because mm-hmm. only... we can... have that we have that same saying for April oh. though. We April? we have a like it it means translated it means something like um april does what he wants oh <laughs> but in uh, in german it's april april macht was er will oh. something along the lines of that and yesterday i actually was talking to alva about it at uh, the oh. same topic that we were just talking about and she so, uh, she told me that they have a saying in catalan as well but I need to Google it real quick because she said it to me, but I obviously I forgot. <laughs> I like the saying in German though. April, April, macht was er will. Will? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded really accent free, like really good. Um, <laughs> ah, yes. See, I found it. I I think it's really poetic. Oh. Uh, it's um, ab- Abril Aguas Mil. <laughs> oh. Obviously, like with the really... but it it means um April Thousand Waters. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> yes, it is. And it really I... does fit the the topic that we were trying or we want to talk about today which is poetry 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there's, I'm sure there is some thoughts in it. Like everything about the weather is about the water in it. Mm-hmm. So that a thousand waters and it can be the moisture or the snow or the rain. It's mm-hmm. so nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I Even mean, though like poetry <laughs> yes yes you're already starting but <clears throat> um also in that in connection to that I was thinking um oh it's it's so good for my soul in a way that I have an extra month of summer or spring here and it just feels really nourishing to be out in the sun And I also, because I'm still, like, I've arrived exactly one month ago. I think oh. one I, I've been here one month for one month and two days now. Then it's a perfect timing for doing a podcast. You can reflect on your first yes, month. Yes, it is. Actually, yes. And I'm still bringing this thankfulness with me of the German hard winter. And, you know, enjoying the sun here and like sitting in the sun. Also, in preparation for today's episode, um, I I woke up and I made myself a coffee and I sat outside and looked into the sun and was like feeling it on my skin and wrote down a few questions I want to ask you. <laughs> and I think that's the perfect morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then recording a podcast with you. It's so nice. <laughs> I'm so excited. I feel so much more relaxed than the other ones. Like, Mm -hmm. it it just feels so natural, actually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And do you feel better, like, concerning your Mm. environment? I mean, it really depends. It changes a lot. My mood swings. I can't tell you enough. It's like um, so dependent on the very moment. One moment mm-hmm. I, I'm okay and the other I'm not. Mm-hmm. I think because of um, what you're thinking. If you're thinking about um, the you know problems, then I feel bad, of course. But I, sometimes I just ignore them and mm-hmm. try to other thing but actually this was the exact thing that I thought last night that okay I'm feeling bad what should I do about it and then I said to myself maybe I shouldn't do anything because maybe only thing that I should do is just to feel it feel Mm -hmm. what I'm feeling my Mm -hmm. most try to you can say embrace them but It is literally just feeling them. Just let mm-hmm. your feeling bad. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you're right. Just for a little context, there. I mean, there has been this catastrophe, earthquake, yeah. around where you're living, and many yeah. people are have been suffering and been dying, and many people are still suffering from it. And I think not only it puts immense grief, grief on, you know, the the people who lost someone and the people who know someone who lost someone, but also it puts a huge pressure on 
the mental health, I guess, of the people that have experienced it and like have to deal with the aftermath of nature catastrophes now. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, um, 10 cities were affected by the earthquake and... Um, How, what? How many? 10 cities. Mm -hmm. There were living around 10 to 13 million of people and mm -hmm. uh, official number of last um bats are i think forty five thousand. Mm -hmm. but or everybody knows that it is not the exact number it is maybe 10 times more than that mm -hmm. it the number only consists of people who were you know drowned from the rebels and was considered that and the other ones are, are just lost in that. Mm -hmm. it, it's just so sad. It, mm, the first, I think it's been a month now and people are still living in the tents. And I wish they could all live in the tents because there are also many people who can't find tents because... Um, there are people who lost their houses, but also there are people who didn't lost, lose their houses, but they can't get in, enter. Just imagine the whole city, the whole city destroyed and mm -hmm. only a few are up, but you can't go inside and you have. So it is considered as it should be considered as lost as well, but it does not so. There are also many people who can't even find a tent. There, there is no bathroom, so people are doing it outside. And there are some diseases coming out now. People can't reach water. Yeah, it's it's so bad. It's so bad. It's really bad. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but what are what can you do like from afar from afar the only thing you can do is i think just um, giving money to some organizations we could uh, do some other things as well in the very beginning like um, we went to the help centers and become volunteers in there uh, we collected some food and you know um, clothing and also we we were the providers for the uh, clothing and food and goods mm -hmm. and um, we you know like differentiated them and put them into bags and fix them and sort them uh, these kind of things you know and I don't think what else can we do? I mean, if we were professionals, maybe we could go in the area and help those people. But even I'm thinking, for example, uh, from the psychological aspect, there is nothing to do right now because it's the very shocking period right now. So even a professional um, psychiatrist or psychologist cannot do anything actually. Mm -hmm. yeah I think the situation is probably still really tense and yeah yeah, yeah so um I'm thinking about you and everyone and I'm 
just sending out a lot of love and I hope you know that everything will be solved soon yes but yeah no mm. <laughs> no we have had a pretty hard topic <laughs> yeah yes but it's important to talk about those things as well because they're you know making a situation the way it is and like can't really change anything about it we just have to deal with what we got now yeah on the other hand it's also something that fits the topic a little bit because when talking about poetry I feel like it is always necessary as well to talk about emotions and to mm -hmm. talk about what's going on basically in the emotional state of not only an individual but also a, like a society as a whole let's just enter the topic of poetry then I guess okay. so I thought to myself that I really want to do this episode with you because I've seen that you've been doing poetry more and more the last few days and weeks and months, I guess. Uh, um, yes, and for me as well, I, mm, I, you know, I've been doing poetry more or less. Oh, wait, I don't even know. Wait, I think I was in 11, 12 was like 17 so now it's been four years yes I think I've been doing it for around about four years now and I've always had my faces you know my ups and downs and they're also passed by like months where I didn't write one thing but then mm -hmm. again like came a period of time where the creativity just bubbled out of my brain onto my paper <laughs> and the why it's so like recent that I come up with this episode idea is because I'm doing a research paper <clears throat> at the moment and it's on poetry slams and how they are like a political and social force and I really, really enjoy the topic. I really enjoy watching poetry slams on YouTube and just, you know, diving deeper into the topic and analyzing the texts of poetry slams and just getting in touch with the history and everything. And <clears throat> the topic was supposed, uh, the, the research purple was supposed to be due in two days <laughs> and oh. it's supposed to be 15 pages long and I have I think six now or maybe seven but uh, luckily it got extended to the 31st of March so that's pretty good um, and today as well I'm going to a poetry slam in Barcelona oh, I'm <laughs> really excited in the evening um, I don't even know if it's going to be in Spanish or in English yet. I'm just going to go because honestly, I'm down to listen to any of the languages. Yeah, actually, I would be down to listen Spanish even more. It is so funny. So I love it. <clears throat> Sorry, I have like a 
how do you say in German we say Frosch im Hals. Frosch im Hals. I don't I don't know the English word for it, maybe. Uh, and it's no. basically called frog in in the if you have frog? a frog in the <laughs> what's this again? Throat? What? Throat? Throat, yes. A frog in the throat. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Um, so how did you find your way to poetry? Oh, that's that's a nice question. Um I think it started when I was in high school. When I started high school, I was reading a lot of poetry, Turkish poetry, and mm -hmm. I love the Turkish poetry the most, actually. But I cannot write one uh, in Turkish, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But I haven't tried that. I mostly uh, write in English now. But then uh, I actually was writing lots of poetry on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, 15 or 16 in, in those periods, actually two years or so I was writing very melancholic mm -hmm. deep of poems mm -hmm. but I actually was I wasn't melancholic at all but you know I was so cheerful and everybody in my class or my friends were asking me AJ you're writing very sad poems on Twitter are you okay or <laughs> is everything okay is there anyone else? I was getting lots of questions like that but I wasn't feeling exactly like that but mm -hmm. I just like the how do you say like the <clears throat> maybe the, the ambivalence bro. of it sorry maybe the ambivalence of it or like yeah yeah like um both the um emotion it arouses in me and also the you know would you say phonetics of it how how it sounds I mm -hmm. just like aesthetically like mm -hmm. aesthetic for my ears actually mm -hmm. my mind so I like them and I read them and write them a lot and then uh, I haven't written even re read anything for years then I think it was two one, one. Yeah, one year ago, I could say. Uh, I was always writing. I love writing things like it could be not essays, but some kind of prompts or text. Mm -hmm. my, my, um, I don't know what I'm going through at that moment. Some kind of journal, we can say. I love doing them, but I wasn't writing poetry. Then a year ago, I started doing it again. Mm -hmm. and I loved it I loved it more than anything that I've written because it completed the feeling I feel mm -hmm. like you know uh, when I was writing other kind of texts um, when I'm expressing my emotions I wasn't feeling like I expressed it exactly okay but poems I can do it exactly I feel like so mm -hmm. I loved it and um 
I started doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I totally get what you mean because you have such a compressed language in a way. I mean, when you write an essay or when you write prose or when you write like a story, for example, you always have so many like filling words. You all, always have so many words that are actually, I mean, they're necessary to tell the story, but they're just making everything longer. And when you have a poem, everything is just so in in line. And it also has a kind of form and kind of a rhythm that it mm -hmm. holds on to, you know, and I think I like that. So in the history of poetry, the shortest poem ever is, okay, I hope I don't get it wrong now, but I think it's by Muhammad Ali, you know, the boxer. And mm. he he did a poem where he said, me, we. And that's the shortest poem in history. <laughs> and the people were cheering like, oh, my God, please give me more. And they, they wanted more of that poem. But... <laughs> oh, my God. When, when it comes to poems, I love it that you're so free in it. Mm -hmm. When I first started writing it again, I was thinking to myself is it really a poem is it considered a poem mm -hmm. and I was questioning myself but I think it doesn't really matter <laughs> it doesn't really matter I I started writing poetry with more like what I would call prose poetry so I actually it was a little bit like a text but still I wanted to have some rhymes in it and everything and I wanted to follow like a pattern so I would look for example in that I would when I would write a text in the beginning there would be something that mirrors the ending of it so you know when you start reading and when you stop reading you're like ah okay there it is again you know what I mean like a little repetition of some kind and still I used words like I feel, I think, and so on, which are like, mm, I would say like filling words, because when you write a poem, you can also just really crack it down to the very like, base of words, like base of feelings that you want to arouse. But <clears throat> back then I started like that and I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's it doesn't really matter what kind of poetry you want to do and there's also people who do just one-liners you know just one-liners of poetry and sometimes those one-liners can be so contentful because they're like a mantra you know like a mantra mantra <laughs> um when you are dealing for example with an intrusive thought or so on it really helps to have like a mantra that pulls you back into reality you know what I mean and sometimes those one-liners can serve this purpose basically but at the same time I feel like writing a poem that is a bit longer I personally enjoy more because then you can play more with the rhythm and with the rhymes and with the um, repetitions and so on so that's really fun for me What about you? Uh, what do you mean? 
I mean, uh, this question you asked me, how did you um, get into? Uh, oh, yes. Um, <laughs> so I, I always liked to write. I always loved language. I always read a lot of things and a lot of different things. So recently I've actually had an interview with, um, so far a, a German podcast I'm doing uh, with a friend of mine. I had an interview with the with an author and his name is Alexander Estes. And he said to me something that I found really just smart. So um, if you're German or if you understand German, then listen to this episode. It's from Bortmund Dortmund and it's called Interview mit dem Stadtschreiber Alexander Estes. But he said to me, we are so fixated on reading stories and reading like reading novels. Like mm. we, our whole society is comprised of reading novels or like the reading part of the society is comprised you know because also yeah. every author when they want to become an author they write novels and so little people are actually doing poetry and actually like doing short essays or short stories and everything and it's it's nice to have like a variety of forms to read so <clears throat> I always like to read a lot of different things and my mom contributed to it a lot because my mom is a she reads like she read everything <laughs> she read all the classics she read the bible like who who the fuck <laughs> read the bible <laughs> my mom is just a crazy reader mm. whenever she has free time she has a book in her hand and I think that just you know, had a lot of influence on me in a way. Um, and I was also really, I'm also really thankful because my mom, she always gave me the good stuff. You know, she knew like what kind of books were really good and like what kind of authors you should read and so on. And um, so I feel like, you know, thanks to my mom, this has like started the fire basically <laughs> and um so I was writing when I was little to deal with my emotions but I didn't do it consciously I didn't think like oh I have an emotion so I'm gonna write it down now I just did it like because I felt like it so I also didn't do it often only when there was like a really heavy emotion lying on my heart <laughs> Uh, then I would write things but not poetry mm, more like texts and everything and also like journals and I also had a diary when I was little even though I didn't do it <laughs> as often you know I think everyone wanted to have like a diary and like wanted yeah. to have every day of their life documented but I guess really little people <laughs> I mean a little amount of people actually are keeping up with it but I have um admiration for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um yeah so then I had school and school didn't I mean school didn't really do much 
to support mm. or promote the notion of writing to me I mean I um always felt so limited to what you're supposed to write and read and everything in school it's so I don't know I I would just love for a teacher to tell students to bring your favorite book you know and then let's talk about it or like do oh, like that... a variety of things with text and everything but you were so limited I mean I'm thankful because in 10th grade I got a really good teacher um a German teacher and she motivated me to write poetry actually so you know that's the yeah. thing but in my earlier years in school like I just completely lost my connection to writing and reading because I was so annoyed by it like mm, I, I I get what you mean mm. the education system really plays an important role in that Yes, yes, yes. And also, yeah, I mean, there's lots of things to say about education system, but let's not yeah. like <laughs> slip away from the topic. <laughs> um, so then I really started doing poetry when I was in, when I was 17. And there was like a poetry slam. It was actually organized um, by like a project in my school it was a project with like 20 students I guess and we were all doing poetry and first I, I just chose the project because it seemed the most appealing to me and like I you know I liked writing and I, I knew I could write good stuff but I never wrote like a poem in that definition you know yeah yeah so I wrote a poem and back in the day, you know, 17, I was so like heartbroken, you know, just like a 17 year old <laughs> full of emotions that you don't know where to put them. And like, uh, I don't even remember, but like when I was 17, a lot of things were changing and a lot of stuff was going on in my brain and everything and I just didn't know what to do with it so when we had this poetry project I just wrote it down and it was it was so enjoyable not only the product you had out of it in the end like a poem wow but also the process of it like okay I have an emotion it feels like this somehow I need to connect it to some kind of metaphor and for me metaphors are so strong in a way because you have you know you can connect a feeling you have to something that is happening in the outer world so I remember like the the um, metaphor I used to um, use was I think like a bubble and it popped you know and like when a bubble pops it's like a realization hits you and it's like you're leaving like a dream world because you can't exist in the bubble obviously and that metaphor like it's pretty basic but I just enjoyed it it was just <laughs> fun to use it and like to make use of it and to rhyme words with it and everything 
And another metaphor I picked up in that time, which I'm still, I'm loving it still, is like the analogy of water. You can do so many things with water. I mean, we were talking about it in the beginning here. Mm Avril, aguas mil. But, uh, um, you know, you can say like, the water is gone, then you have a drought. You know, what what does feel like a drought in your heart right now? Like, what kind of feeling does that connect to? Then you can say like, you know, water is so powerful. Like the waves, they just take over your human, like small human power. Like that's mm-hmm. another thing you can connect emotions to. Then obviously there's a million things where water occurs, the ocean, rain, just a little puddle, (laughs) whatever. Like there's so many important places where water is. It's like life-giving. Water is life, basically exactly it's we are water (laughs) yeah yeah i was gonna say that we are water every every living creature is dependent on it it's crazy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um so i wrote a poem then in so i was 17 and um it was perceived pretty well. I mean, in the end, it was printed in the yearbook of of my school, which I was a little proud of, you know, but now like reading back into it, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> but that, that cringe feeling. Oh my yeah, God. <laughs> but still, you know, it was my first foot in the door, basically. Mm. And I'm just happy that I even tried and did it. And um, we didn't only have to write the poems, but we also had to perform them, which is fun. So that's basically the definition of a poetry slam, where you, it's organized like a competition. You So you have many people who write poems and then the people are, you know, performing their poems. And it's not just reading them like, you know like monotone and everything but you really perform it and you take in the audience and you're like for example the other day I saw a really nice poetry slam of her of a woman I don't remember the name of it actually but she was playing with the audience so much and it was so fun because she was like take a deep breath and then everyone took a deep breath and then she just like wrapped basically her her poem and then she was like, exhale. And then everyone exhaled. And it was so crazy because she really played with the audience as if oh. it was part of the poem, you know? That's so, yeah. Also breath, a really beautiful analogy. I mean, for everything in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah it's so we, <laughs> so we um, had to perform those poems and... It was fun. I mean, I wouldn't say I performed it. I read it. (laughs) But, um, you know, first foot in the door, like I said, and everyone starts somewhere and we were all the same, 
and that competition and nobody won and nobody lost either so that's mm-hmm. good it wasn't like a real real poetry slam mm-hmm. and in poetry slams rarely you know people win actually something sorry <laughs> I mean they win obviously the title of the best um poem but rarely they win money <laughs> and after that basically what happened was I really enjoyed doing poetry it really just after that the the stone just started rolling (laughs) if you can say it like that like Mm. it was fun to write about your feelings first acknowledge them and secondly like step into connection with them and actually do something with it you know yeah yeah I I understand it it's an amazing thing really it's really one of the things that can define your personality even Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um let's take a quick break because I really have to pee (laughs) okay okay good i'm gonna be back in a minute i'm just gonna pause it i'm back so i (laughs) it's my i only say hola Hola. i don't say hello anymore or hello i just say hola hola beautiful (laughs) and what do you say when yes hmm why do you say when you're saying choose, for example? Wait, choose? Or buy? Ah, buy, choose. Ah. Um, buy. I think I just okay. say buy. <laughs> or no, I mean, I say adi- adios. Adios. <laughs> Quite <laughs> like recently now, because I'm just trying to, you know, adapt my environment a little. Mm-hmm. But it's so fun. Like learning Spanish is really fun. I I wanna I'm doing it and um I see the progress in it, you know. But it's hard obviously because you don't really have anything, like anyone to really study it. Mm-hmm. I well actually I do. I just don't do it. I think I I will have to talk to my Spanish friend a bit more in Spanish. But it's so weird because as soon as you've started um, talking to someone in one language, it's weird to switch up the languages. I don't know why, but I couldn't. So whenever I, so yesterday I was with my Spanish friend and with my boyfriend and we had a, a really fun evening. We were making food and drinking cacao and it was it was nice but um whenever I talk to my boyfriend in front of my Spanish friend you know I talk to him in English because it makes sense to include the third person in the room a little bit into the conversation mm-hmm. and I feel weird, like weird when I talk to him in English it's like <laughs> you yeah. know I have a friend She's one of my best friends, and uh, we met on the last grade of high school, which was mm-hmm. a um, school for language studies mm-hmm. uh, in high school. And 
we started speaking English with her like all the time and still to this day I think it's been like six years or maybe even more I'm not sure now but yeah six years and um we still keep talking in English and when I talk to her in Turkish for example we met with other people as well and we had to <laughs> speak Turkish mm -hmm. and it was It was weird. It, I was feeling very weird. Of course, <laughs> we sometimes keep, um, we sometimes talk in, in Turkish as well because we both are Turkish. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But like you, you talk in English to her most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Even when we are texting. Wow. When <laughs> did you? When you're texting? <laughs> Crazy. When did you learn English? I think I've never asked you that. Asked you that. Asked. Um, I started learning uh, when I was in the sixth grade. Mm -hmm. I started teaching at, at, on the fourth grade, but I wasn't very good at it. And mm -hmm. I uh, started watching, you know, series from abroad. Like mm -hmm. the <laughs> it, it was the first uh, series that I watched, mm -hmm. and then I kept watching and watching and then my English got better and better and mm -hmm. in when I was in high school it was like intermediate I would say but at the end of high school because I was in the language group in high school mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you do it on the 11th grade and you learn deeply grammar and everything and nice. then my English got better that not in this level but Uh, I could write and read very well in mm -hmm. two, but then on the summer of 11th grade, I went to London mm -hmm. to an English course, but of course it didn't teach me anything. My <laughs> in there taught me most yeah. of the my speaking yeah. was then. But um, in that period, my English got better like immediately after yeah. a couple of days even it just start it just opens up at some point suddenly I don't know and then yeah I could say for five years my English is mm -hmm. I really like the opening up aspect of it because yes it's a language and yes you have to acquire it in a way but after acquiring it you also have to open this mental door for it you know you have to be open to to actually speak it and that's where I'm at in Spanish right now like okay I haven't acquired it fully obviously you know I'm a one <laughs> but mm -hmm. getting more into the speaking pattern of it it changes a lot I guess like you you really you trust yourself with the language you trust that you don't you know you can't really fuck up a language you know what I mean like it's for communicating it doesn't have to be perfect it's just I... for understanding each other and it's so like in a way it's really funny if we wouldn't have learned English we weren't you know we wouldn't be talking now oh and God. it's so nice to think that you know it it opened up like this it, op it opened the friendship up you know the possibility oh of this friendship even oh. 
I never thought from this aspect. It's Me neither. Really... It just popped into my brain. <laughs> uh, I'm even more glad to know English now. <laughs> yes. Me too. Me too. Also, to to be bilingual, like what a blessing it is. Yeah. I mean, I cannot imagine what it would be like to be even like trilingual to the point where you actually can speak fluently three mm. languages or four imagine like multilingual that's that's so crazy like you have you have the possibilities of communicating with so many people and you have the possibility of diving into the not only the language but also the culture and the metaphors for example i mean there's so many different sayings and everything in, in different languages that you don't understand when you don't speak the language but you can speak two languages already don't you german english and french i wouldn't say i can speak french <laughs> i oh. mean i've i've studied i've studied it for six years mm. and i understand a lot but you know i i'm not opening up to the language in a way oh, okay um, i really enjoy the French language it's so pretty and nice but um, I think I also told you about it beforehand I keep switching it up with Spanish in my brain it's so hard to differentiate it somehow like yeah, I can imagine right now it's because when I learned English as a German speaker English was like a and it's a German saying to say like It's like a fart to me. <laughs> It's so easy, you know. You don't have all the case system. You don't have the articles. You don't have the grammatical gender. You basically don't um, put any like um, affix on the end of words. You know, you basically just... The only thing that you conjugate really is he, she, it with the S, you know. <laughs> yeah and other than that you really just have to learn the words and have to open up and I've heard people say that German is pretty hard language to learn as a second language which I'm I'm glad I don't have to do it because it's my first language but um you know as I'm studying linguistics I obviously have a little bit of a understanding for that because when you look at German grammar it's it's so crazy like you have so many different times and everything and yeah I think um the funny thing is I recently did like a language test which was not only testing the language of um not only like the language in a way of you know, how fluent you are, but also like the grammar and everything. Yeah. So it tested the English grammar and the German grammar of me. And mm -hmm. I also did a French test. And um, funny thing is I got 90% on the English test, just Perfect. like because it's so, because I've learned it from scratch you know I've learned all the grammar I've learned all the tenses I've learned all the 
irregularities and everything and I had to study it and now I'm actually like working with it and doing something with it so it's you know it's even more hardened in my brain in a way but um for the German test I got 80 percent and you know I'm I'm a like it's my mother tongue so I I understand when you talk to me like everything obviously you know except for when there's a Swiss person talking to me or like an Austrian person that is talking German to me because sometimes they have crazy accents and Mm -hmm. where I'm from it's it's the I mean we do have a little bit of a regional accent too but we don't really have like the it's closest to what you would call like okay but that's actually a really interesting um topic also concerning poetry because mm-hmm. you were saying that you don't write in Turkish poetry yeah. Yeah. not at all like have you ever tried or when when uh, you did the Twitter was it in uh, was it in when you did the Twitter account with the like oh, yeah. Lincolnic poems was it in Turkish it wasn't it wasn't Turkish yeah mm-hmm. and why did you like decide against it <laughs> Uh, it wasn't like deciding against it, but when I'm also thinking in English inside of my mind. I mean, t- I'm talking English to myself as well. Really? Uh, wow. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, I think that's the point. I I started my life become English. Mm-hmm. I started. I have I talk to my friends with it and um I read things and write things with it. So mm-hmm. uh rarely do I use Turkish when I'm writing anything. Mm-hmm. And I... how is it connected to your reading? Do you read a lot of Turkish things or is it also that you specify on English basically? Mm-hmm. I mostly read in English because mm-hmm. when doing a research, for example, on the internet, I always mm-hmm. do it. But yeah. other than that, while I'm um, reading a novel, I, um, if it's, of course, a Turkish writer, I read it in Turkish. Mm-hmm. But an English writer or any um, foreign one, mm-hmm. I prefer reading it in English. But sometimes... Um, I cannot find them in the uh, what is it called stationery in the bookstore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I have to buy in Turkish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's better to if it's a really mm, you know complex language or poetic. For example, "Woman Who Ran with the Wolves." I yes, reading it in English, mm-hmm. but I couldn't just get into it because there were words and phrases or metaphors even that mm-hmm. I have to um know more deeply so I bought the Turkish one and um or there are some other popular science books like from mm-hmm. Dob and all but <laughs> I think it's I realized that it's not about being English because first I bought the English one uh, which is the selfish gene then i bought another book which is called the 
blind watchmaker, but I bought it in Turkish. Mm-hmm. But I thought it's not about the language. I just don't understand the topic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, no shame on that. <laughs> but um, so really quick in between, women who run with the wolves is essential for every poet out there. It's an it's the most essential book. Like if I if I could only ever read one book again, it would be that one. Oh my and you know, but Women Who Run with the Wolves, it's so good. It's so so good. The way she uses language and everything. Wow. I'm just really impressed by that. And yeah, it's also not like a classical novel. It's more of like a analysis in a way, but it's really thick. <laughs> There are some um, organizations that I see on Instagram or YouTube that people are uh, setting some groups to mm-hmm. analyze the book, like week wow. by week. They analyze um, the metaphors in it, the stories in it. Yes. Yes. And also, like, that's the thing that I was alluding to earlier when I mean like a com- compressed language in a way, you know, she really uses that. And it's in a way poetry because she uses this kind of compressed language. Like she has so much meaning in one sentence, but at the same time, it's it's written like it's not written like a poem. It's written like a book it's written like an essay or like a you know what I mean yeah you can take so much from it and that's why I guess also people are getting together and analyzing this book because there's just so much that can dive in depth into in this book yeah it's an essential so go and buy it everyone (laughs) spend money on this book it's amazing it will not disappoint for sure um Okay, I wanted to ask you, um, so then how does it make you feel to write poetry in your second language? Like, do you have all the language you need in your hands and all the things, all the feelings? Can you express it completely in your second language, meaning English? Uh, yeah, it, um, most of the time, yeah. There, there are, of course, some... Um feelings or thoughts I can say that I I can only express in Turkish maybe uh, but most of the time I can I have no problem with it or uh, when I'm sometimes now looking at my journal and what I've written I read them and they're most of the time in English and there are sometimes a couple of sentences like in Turkish in between them mm-hmm. or words mm-hmm. and then I say to myself, yeah, it's it's necessary, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. I can completely maybe express everything in every emotion or in every situation in English, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Because I feel like all languages have somewhat a different vibe to them, you know, when I would judge Turkish as a language you know I obviously I don't speak it but mm-hmm. for me it it feels like it's a very dramatic language in a way you know it really plays with like the 
you know, roses and love and everything and emotional and like, yeah, and uh, that's what it feels like, at least. Mm -hmm. It is, it is actually. And for me, English is less realistic, a fairy world language for me. But Turkish is more more real issues and like um, more realistic, more maybe um, dark, darker mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. It evokes those feelings in me at least. Mm -hmm. Turkish is a very free language, we could say, like uh, free in tenses or free. In... Turkish now or what? A Turkish, yeah, mm -hmm. or um, in syntax also, like yeah. the grammar, because, uh, for example, in, in English, you can say only the uh, subject verb object, but it's mm -hmm. not that in Turkish, you can just do whatever you like. You can. It's do... not an SVO language? Um, hmm? It's not an SVO language? I didn't know that, because yeah. only like 33% of the languages on the world are not an SVO language mm -hmm. but you know two-thirds are so it's really um, seldom in a way to mm -hmm. be raised with not an SVO language you know so oh. <clears throat> no it's it's not a SVO language so um, normally it's um, SOV so subject object verb Mm -hmm. you don't have to do it like this you're free in it but it's just a you know mixtape standard form mm -hmm. you can say low i you or you i love or low i you it's you can just do anything you can just easy words and sentences mm -hmm. whatever you like in which way you like and i love it in that essay. yeah german to me is a really pragmatic language It's so like, you know, you're so tied to the grammaticalness to make sense of the language um, because we always try to like describe to the point where it's super accurate yeah. and in a way that takes takes away the hairiness or like the, you know, the, the <laughs> magic of it. Yeah. And you don't really have like a, I mean, not to say that you can't play with the German language in a way that it brings back this magic, because yes, you can. But when you're just speaking in German towards each other, like with each other, with one another, then it's somehow it's pretty pragmatic. Yeah. And I also feel like it's not really a beautiful language, for example, like French or Turkish. I feel like Turkish is really like beautiful to listen to you know what I mean mm -hmm. yeah is it yeah but for me I honestly feel like because um I like to write in English and in German so I don't usually mix it up even though that might be an idea to what you can do in the future you know why not mix two languages in one poem but When I write poems, I either write in English or I write in German. And it's mostly it's mostly depending on when I have an idea. 
it's so the process of how I write poetry is mostly like I have one spark of an idea and I try to work with it so I it could be a saying or it could be an analogy or it could be a metaphor I get it in my brain and in that in the language that it falls into my brain basically I start writing a poem out of it and um, I used to think I have to do poetry in English because in German nobody will like to read it because it's an not such a pl pleasurable language mm, um, yeah <laughs> so I try to like press myself to write English poems all the time <laughs> so I heard a lot of people saying that German is a very rude language and for some I agree but especially when you talk I don't I don't feel like that at all. When you speak German, your accent and everything, I love it so much. Really, it is so aesthetic for Thank me. You. Thank like, you. I mean, yeah, it depends on the person you're talking to, <laughs> I guess. But uh, what people are saying about Germans in general is that they're very, you know, direct. Like you don't talk around the point. What I wanted to say is, Recently, I've discovered that I like to write in German a lot and I like it because it's my first language and I just know many words like I. It's easier for me to rhyme in German because I just have a like big vocabulary, Yeah, but it's easier for me to on the other hand, at the same time, it's easier for me to rhyme in English. So it's basically mm -hmm. equal because English is just so like such a rith rhythmic language. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you can like rhyme almost everything together. I mean, not everything, but like a lot of things because <laughs> you have. um. It just it just sounds like. Softer, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, does, it does. Yeah. And so right now I'm pretty equally split between writing in English and in German. And sometimes I write in English when I need to have a little bit more a distance to what I'm thinking there. So when I'm writing in about something that is really heavy on my mind, like a feeling, then I write in English because I take more, even more an outer outer perspective than when I write in German you know what I mean mm, no because <laughs> it's my it's my second language it's more of an outsider perspective to write oh, than okay. when I All write right. in German because it's my German self is like my in a way most unreflected self even though that's like you know my most unreflected self is not so unreflected but you know what I mean like it's yeah. easier to step out of the mental mm -hmm. part of it when you're in a different language yeah you're more disassociated with yourself or your reality maybe yeah and sometimes it helps to get a clearer view on things yeah yeah. yeah exactly I write in German when I 
really want to feel a certain feeling like when I want to dive deeper into what like what kind of words can I ring out of the experience of this feeling you know what what analogies pop into my brain like what can I do with it you know so then I write in German and also because I've said I like to rhyme I don't really put emphasis so much on rhyming you know I like to rhyme a little but not too much Mm -hmm. less is more in poetry yeah, sometimes yes and yeah language also less language is more language you can really deliver a message or deliver a feeling just with a few words basically just with the me we you know I, the oh. shortest poem on earth like it's it delivers a huge feeling yeah exactly yeah. um Do you want to maybe read poetry or like, you know, one one poem of you? Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, if you don't want to, you, you don't have to, but like you can. Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, I, I'm just going to grab my book. And yes. yes. Actually, one of my favorite poems is the one that I posted on Instagram, but It wasn't the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It was longer, but I, you know, um, excluded some parts. So mm -hmm. I, I don't yes. want to read here, but from there then. Oh, I also love the poem for, um, for I've written for my mom. But it is so dark. I don't know. It's, if it's, uh, Fitting. Mm -hmm. Whatever, like, whatever you feel most comfortable with. Okay. <clears throat> Let me freshen my turn. <laughs> I'm exhausted now. You don't have to be. All the listeners are so sweet <laughs> as well. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> I think this is the first time I'm reading my poem al aloud to... Mm -hmm someone other than one person <laughs> please mama forgive me I want to hold you so tight and say you're precious but I'm desperate I can't I know you never felt that way but you're so worthy I swear mm -hmm. mama it hurts it hurts me so bad I intend to hug you but I can't I wish I could wrap up the places you are broken and fix where you've been hurt. Please, Mama, forgive me. I want to give you that, but I can't. I'm afraid, Mama. I'm afraid of the future. I want to tell you nice stories and read fairy tales. But I'm sorry, there is no cure. I'm so aidless, I can't help. Where are you, Mama? I want to go back. I'm sorry for all the times I should be there for you, but I can't. I need to be selfish, Mama, but you never taught me that. I'm sorry, Mama. I'm not enough, and I know I let you down. I can only suffice me. Can't you be proud of me? Look at my feet, Mom. I can stand on them. I know, Mama, you love me, and I remember it. No more so then. But the love for you, I don't have it. I lack Please forgive me, mother, I back. Don't you think I don't care? I'm tired, mama, 
I'm tired of blaming me. I swear, I try so hard and it fucking kills me. But just believe me, I can't. Wish I could go back time. Would I be more affectionate then? All you needed was love, so deeply and truthfully. But little did I know then. Oh, dear mother, I wonder, have you ever been loved? Please don't answer. I'm in sorrow for that. Forgive me, mom, I couldn't. And dame, I could. I still can't. I'm mourning, Mama. I'm mourning for you, for your dreams when you bloom. Please, Mama, release me. Release me from my pain. I'm sorry, Mama, I can never be. And I hate me for all the things I can't. Please, Mama, forgive me. I want to love you, but I can't. Yeah. That's all that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Edge. It's really beautiful. I firstly, I really like the way you allowed yourself to feel so deeply, you know, because in order to write something like that, you really have to allow yourself to get in touch with all the emotions that are in this kind of range. And at the same time, like getting in touch with the em in emotions involves to reflect them and feel them. And so crazy yes but really nice and I like the way you played with the analogy of your mom because mm -hmm. I think it's not only serving the actual factual mother <laughs> that you have but <laughs> also it's serving a part of you you know there yeah and sure it's kind of inner child work mm -hmm. what you're doing with this poem and I admire it. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's it's not easy at all to allow yourself mm -hmm. to feel emotions and also reflect them into words. It's mm -hmm. not. But yeah. I, I'm glad I did it. <laughs> yes, yes. And also after that, you always feel a little more free. I feel like when you vocalize your feelings and thoughts like you know yes exactly I when I was writing this poem I was feeling so freaking bad so freaking bad yeah before I write it I couldn't sleep until the morning like 7 a.m or something like that mm -hmm. I was just thinking and the thoughts were wandering around my head and then I said no okay I'm, I'm gonna write something I'm gonna just let mm -hmm. the feelings out and I started writing it and I I was crying when I was writing it actually mm -hmm. I was finished with it and I read it aloud I was like wow okay now now I'm feeling better definitely yeah that's beautiful thank you so much <laughs> um, um, I, nice. <laughs> I feel like making poetry is just like making art you know it's just like drawing mm. like an acrylic painting it, mm. it gives you the same satisfaction at least and mm, it's like you know every experience is valid and you're just giving yourself the permission to view your experience as valid mm. and then like write something like truly to your own beauty and to your own like inner beauty you know 
And I don't know, I really just love that about poetry. But yeah, I <laughs> guess we have been recording a long fucking time. Are we <laughs> like, <laughs> a, over an hour now, over an hour for sure. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yes, we are, is. like, we are. Bye. We should do this more often. <laughs> I, I mean, can. what I kind mean. of, like, what, is it the fourth or the third episode we are doing together now? It's the fourth. Fourth. Crazy. <laughs> when did we do the first one? In August, right? On the 31st of August, yeah. <sighs> You even know the date by heart. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was the date that I was leaving Germany. Oh, yes. Yeah, true. And 30 minutes, um, yeah. an hour later or so, I had to leave. Mm, that's true. Yeah, I remember. Mm. I want to talk about so much more. I want to, yeah. I really want to talk about so many more things. And there's a lot of things that I want to also say on this topic. But I guess we should start to slowly wrap it up because otherwise like the episode will just be unbearable okay <laughs> and though the person who's listening to it might might listen to it and you know more than just one mm -hmm. listening so I guess it's okay um I feel like poetry is also a way to reparent yourself in a way because you so we were talking about like giving permission to feel the um feel the feelings but mm -hmm. you're not only feeling it but you're also dealing with it and mm -hmm. you're for me poetry helps a lot to decide on hard things or like make decisions and make you know what do I want my life to look like do I want to it to be more of this like melancholic thingy or like and also in my poetry I can see my faces like what what I've been moving through over the last years and I really I have a collection of all the poems that I wrote within the last four years it's so much fun um to read back and to just see like where wherever like where I was coming from you know mentally as well like where did I start and where I'm at right now and yeah at the same time it's also such a unique feeling you have but it's universal to so many people so when re when you read a poem to someone or to more people there is always going to be one person if not even more that relates to it yeah. so much and that you you know give like a feeling of understanding and compassion in a way that's a very strong feeling actually that yeah. someone resonates with your emotion and you mm -hmm. connect you meet on the same grounds and mm -hmm. that's very amazing wonderful thing to have Yeah, maybe we should do another episode on poetry again because it's so huge. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And all righty. I think let's just wrap it up here. 
a lot. I really enjoyed talking to you about that. Yeah, yeah. It's I, uh, when before we do it, I was thinking to myself, okay, what am I going to say about poetry? I just, I don't know, I just write it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we dive into, when we dive into it, it it's very huge. Mm-hmm. There are lots of yeah it's also so connected to language this is Mm. also why you were the first person that popped into my brain (laughs) that I want to talk about like it with you you know because oh sorry now the midday tiredness Mm. is kicking in (laughs) but like we have this shared interest of language and mm. I really love that you also like to do poetry because, yeah, we not only over language we relate, but also mm-hmm. the poetry and over like anything. Yeah. Yes, I, I'm so glad for that as well. Yes. All righty, Edja. <laughs> it, it was a pleasure to me here and talk to you as always to you thank you for joining me it's so fun to do it with you you're you're so easy to communicate with it's always so fun (laughs) and also we have made huge progress i think if you're listening to the first episode of us talking together versus now like Mm -hmm. you know it's good (laughs) yeah it's amazing to see our own progress as well and also yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. and this is also thanks to poetry poetry it can serve so many purposes and for me it definitely serves the purpose of going inwards reflecting Mm -hmm. and putting it outwards as well like no like we always said like you have to communicate with yourself well first to communicate with other people well. Yeah, yeah, and that's right. Perfect instrument as a perfect instrument for that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just getting to know your language as well mm. is just so fun. When you read things and you get inspired to do a poem about it, or when you like see something on the street and you're like, oh, I want to write a poem about that. And it's 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 honestly in the smallest things around us, you know, just the old couple holding hands. Like it's the smallest decision that they're making, but it's poetry to some of us, you know? Yes. I remember one time I was telling you something about my best friend, Nora Daria, mm-hmm. and uh, you stopped and said, wow that's poetry and I, I love it. <laughs> sometimes my mind and I I'm like wow what a beautiful mind she has <laughs> oh, I love you I do <laughs> yeah yeah I also remember one time you were like how do you do poetry Anne and I'm like yeah I just look for a moment like you know what about this moment is poetic is it the wind is it the sun like is it the rain or is it like is it maybe the nothingness of the moment like maybe that's the poetry of it you know yeah what what's special about the moment and there's always something 
mm-hmm. you can pick from the moment where you can pick yourself up. Oh my God, I forgot. I forgot. There's one huge thing I want to tell you about. Okay. This Women's March. I re- I wanted to, actually, I wanted to start with this topic, but, um, uh, you know, now the episode is already like <laughs> uh, in the end. But um, I really need to tell you about that. So on the 8th 8th of March, there is Women's Day, right? International Women's Day. And here in Barcelona, there were strikes. Mm -hmm. And basically, so there's there's a really big street and it's across of Barcelona and it's called Gran Via. (laughs) Gran Via. And... um, this whole street was shut down which is crazy like the whole street was shut down no cars on it just people and mm-hmm. 60,000 people 60,000 oh. just like imagine and I was there with a few people from uni and also with a old friend of mine and it was fun it was and it was poetic as well it was so powerful because all these women all these people that had like more or less the same mindset, you know, and like they were, they are fighting the same fight as we are. And oh my God, I was, I was so, my heart was so full after that day. I, I also thought to myself, like, you know, I don't need to be understood. That's always the battle that feminists have sometimes that they're like I want to be understood now you know I want to I want that you understand where I'm coming from but I don't need that I because I was on the street with 60,000 or 59,999 other women who have the (laughs) same mindset as me like yeah you can think anything you want now like I know that my perception is a valid perception and immediately when I when I came home I was fucking tired like I had to sleep first but on the next day I immediately write wrote poetry out of it because it was so like it was powerful as heck this this day Mm -hmm. it just like something switched for me and I really felt like I'm part of something and that's such a nice feeling to have you know I saw your stories and it even evoked very strong emotions in me yeah I can't imagine how you felt even from afar right I mean there were like women with drums and everything and they were just drumming and they had so much power they were like I don't know they were so so inspiring like all of them and I just love women I came home and I was like I fucking love women they're the best sex yeah. on the earth like <laughs> I'm so convinced that solidarity between women is just the passage to freedom and that's also what I wrote my poetry about but it's in German so <laughs> oh. yeah but I would still like to try to read it at least send me one day yes I'm gonna send it to you yes yes the that strong feminine um feeling that power mm-hmm. and when I started embracing it I feel more free since then actually. yeah 
Yes, and that's also what Women of the Wolves evoked in me. This strong feminine power, like it's it's there. You just have to access it in a way. And it's not only power, like we are so strong, like in the outside world, but we are so strong in the inside world as well, if that makes sense. So you're, you know, I think the most power you can have is when you access all the power you have in your, you know, body, but also mm -hmm. when all the power you ex like have in your brain and your spirituality and your empathy and everything, that's when you're really in tune with yourself. And mm -hmm. I think that's, that's, you can get there by poetry. Exactly. That's a wonderful word yeah. to do that with. And that's actually a, a great finisher. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you for coming on the show, Edja. Thank you for having me. I love you so much. And we're going to talk soon. Yes. Yes. Let's yes. do it. Love you even more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I guess thank you all for listening. And bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>